This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Ranger Nation is in full-blown panic. And why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be? You're facing elimination in the first round of the playoffs. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around this. It really is. I hearken back to a conversation I had less than a week ago with Gordon Damer. Saturday afternoon, it was the, the, the uh, you know, a few hours before Game 3. The Rangers were up 2-0 after outscoring the Devils 10-2 in the first two games combined to the Rock, scoring four goals on their first seven power plays, making the Devils look like children. And Gordon Damer asking me, would you be shocked if there's a Game 6? And I said, not shocked, but I would be surprised there's a Game 6. Not only is there a Game 6, but the Rangers are facing elimination in Game 6 a week later. How is it possible? How is is it possible? And I am not disrespecting the Devils. They deserve to be where they are. They have clearly been the best team over the last three games. They have beaten the Rangers pillar to post. They deserve to be up three games to two, and right now they deserve to win this series. What happened last night was borderline... In, no, we'll say it. It's disgraceful. It, it Because you figure you're going to respond. You're, it's even 2-2. You know the stats. 79% of the teams that win a game five win the series, you're in a building where you own the team, and not only do you lose 4 nothing, you're down 3 nothing going into the third period, you get outshot 19-2? 19-2, you're chasing three goals? In a, in a sport right now, in a playoffs right now, where no lead is safe. Did we not see the Leafs come back from 4-1 down in the third period the other day? Did we not see Winnipeg come back from 4-1 down in the third period the other day? So you're down 3 nothing. It's not impossible. It's not likely, but it's not impossible. And you get outshot 19-2? to So as much as I want to praise the Devils for where they're at, and they deserve the praise, it can't come without really being salty about where this Rangers team has been over the last three games. Back-to-back games of only 23 shots on goal? I'm sorry, this isn't the 95 Devils where they're you know, left-wing lock and trapping. These are a bunch of young players that were known for their offense, not their defense. Now, Schmid was good again last night, probably his best game of the three wins. But again, 23 shots on goal, two in the third period. He doesn't have to be Patrick Waugh. You know, you're down a, a fluky goal 39 seconds in. I get it. It happens. But again, can't convert on the power play. Now, over their last 13 on the power play. Over their last 13. They were 4 for 7, now 0 for 13. And then, on top of that, to make it worse, one of the two power play opportunities you did get, you allowed a shorthanded goal. So, the one positive, if you're looking for a positive and a sea of negatives, it's the fact that until they were eliminated in Game 6 of the conference final last year, the Rangers faced elimination five times, three times against Pittsburgh in the first round, twice against Carolina, and they were 5-0. and So can they do it? Yes, they can do it. This group has done it before, but that's all I got for you because it can't be based off of anything we've seen in the last three games. The only positive, and if you're looking for one more little shred of positivity, is that you can't blame Igor. He was by far the best Ranger. It wasn't even close last night. He actually even had a shot on goal. He made some amazing saves in that third. He faced 19 shots. The, the one goal given up in the third was into the empty net. He was 18 for 18 in saves. He did everything he could to keep his team in it. In the second period, he was shouting at the bench disgusted, and maybe you're hoping that that will be the uh, Truba moment against Chicago earlier when he threw his helmet and it kind of turned things around. Maybe you bottom out before you can kind of spring back up again. But, you know, changes, I don't know what they're going to do. They fiddled with the lines again. They, um, 
they they move some some bodies around just trying to find some offense as they um they moved Kako with Kreider and Zabanajad. So they did that whole thing, just trying to see if they can spring anything, and they got shut out and, and generated just 23 shots on goal. Now, I'm trying to figure out Gerard Gallant because that's been the big topic of conversation, that he's gone if they lose this series, especially if they go quietly into the night on Saturday at home, that there could be a change. We've already talk, talked about that on Wednesday. I don't know what Dolan's going to do. Uh, I, I don't think he deserves to be fired, but at the same time, would I be shocked if it happened? No. But but here's something I found interesting doing the post game last night. Here are the comments from Gerard Gallant. After the game four loss, they lost three to one, if you remember, empty net goal by Hollis. So essentially it was a one goal loss at Madison Square Garden to even the series at two. Here's what Gallant had to say after game four. A weak side winger was a little bit lazy and he stayed on the other side of the ice and watched the play instead of supporting it. And how many times did you see us whipping pucks across and then picking them off in the middle? Just the old recipe that uh, when you look like you're tired or a little bit lazy, that's what happens. We didn't have the support in the neutral zone like we usually do. Disgusted with his team. And this is a guy that usually skews positive, but he was really disheartened and really kind of called out his players. You know, talking about lazy, tired first round of the playoffs you're expected to go in out there and compete for a cup there's still supposed to be three more rounds after this can't be tired can't be lazy if that were the case sweep the series then watch carolina and the islanders beat each other up and then you're fresh for the second round not facing elimination in game six all right so you would think a worse performance in game five here's gerard gallant after last night's game yeah it was uh like i said the first goal was sort of a lucky goal off a face off and you know they got that one nothing lead and you know we we had a few chances in the first but just weren't good enough i thought we played a lot harder than we did the other night but uh, we couldn't find a way to get a goal and we had some traffic and i thought the goalie played really well for them tonight our goalie was excellent too but i thought Schmidt was really good now he was skewing a little bit more positive after a game i thought it was a lot worse than game four so is he giving us an honest assessment of the game five loss or is it a strategy of well i killed him i called him out after game four and look what happened so maybe i got to soft shoe it a little bit the point comes back to the fact that this is on the players okay coaches get fired i get it maybe gerard gallant will get fired i don't know but at some point in sports we've got to stop blaming the head coaches stop blaming the managers and start looking at the players Where's Panarin been? Where has Zibanejad been? This blue line looked awful last night. Where's Miller? Where's Truba? Where's this power play? Even Chris Kreider, it's hard to kill him. He's got five goals in the series, but he's given you nada in the last couple of games. You know, it's a collective, and it just comes down to the coaches can put the players in the situations and rejigger the lines and change up, uh, you know, who's going to be in the bumper position. They had Zabanajad back on the wing. They put Kane back in the bumper position. They did that, and they ended up going over two on the power play. You know, so the coaches will do what they have to do, but the players got to go out there and execute. Now, Lindy Ruff's getting a lot of roses thrown in his feet for making the Schmid move, but I think you got to call out the players in a positive way for the Devils. They responded. They played well. I mean, and, and last night, you're not getting beat by Jack Hughes. You're not getting beat by Nico Heeshear. You're getting beat by Eric Holler. You're getting beaten by Mercer. You're getting beaten by this blue line. It's not allowing you a sniff. Like, um, it's got to be on the players. They've got to look in the mirror and say, we have to play better. So can we stop always blaming the head coach? I think you look at Chris Drury assembled a team that I think is good enough to win the Stanley Cup. You've got really good. you got two 90-point producers in Zabanajad and Panarin that outside of a couple assists here and there, they haven't scored. They haven't really given you any kind of 
consistent uh, performance at all. You know, Kane had that one big game, too, but otherwise, all right, he's got points, but he really hasn't been a star. Where's Tarasenko been outside of the first two games of the series? I mean, this has really been a collective over the last three. I don't see a coaching problem. I see a player problem. So hopefully they get together, if you're a Ranger fan, and try to figure it out, win these next two, try to find some vibe from last year and get out of this first round. But they had two days to make the necessary adjustments and looked worse in Game 5. So you still still have a pulse. You did it last year five times before losing to Tampa, but you can't keep going to that reservoir all the time because there's another team on the other side that's got nothing to lose. (laughs) They're a young bunch that's having a a ball out there playing and gaining experience with every single game being played. Didn't we warn you about that at the beginning of the series? Like, finish this team off because with every game, they gain a little bit more experience. A little bit more been there, done that. Learn how to protect the lead. Learn how to play on the road. Learn how to play at home. It's still it's still only a handful of games, but it's more than a lot of these guys had before the playoffs even started. I, I, I really am having a very difficult time understanding how we can be in the situation that we're in. But that's how series can change on a dime. And now the Rangers have to see if they can swing the momentum back. I don't know what you do. The Devils, out of desperation, went to a backup goaltender. You're not dared doing this. Yurislav Halak isn't coming in to save your bacon here. There's nobody to put in. You know, you're not going to stick Johnny Brodzinski as the as the the fourth line center and think that that's going to be you know moving the needle. You can move the lines around a little bit, but you've done that all year. That's not really moving the needle. It's really up to the players to to police themselves in this situation and just be better. They say all the right things after the game right they they said all the right things after they won the two they've said all the right things after the three losses all right put your money where your mouth is you say it now go out there and execute it i really thought last night they were going to be beasts and whether it was giving up that early goal and, and, and missing on that early power play whatever it was they were taken out of their game quickly well, go out there. The Garden crowd's going to be frustrated, disappointed, but I'm sure they're going to be on their feet screaming, trying to exalt this team to a Game 6 victory. So I'm sure it's going to be apoplectic at the start of the – at least it should be. Saturday night, get season literally on the line, go out there and do it. Take it. And then once you get to a Game 7, hey, it's up for grabs. We'll see if this young devil team can handle – a Game 7. Game 7 is a completely different animal than anything else. You can play all the series you want. All of a sudden you get to a Game 7 where everything is equal, six games under your belt, different world, different environment. How will they handle that? Well, they're not going to have to worry about it if they win Game 6, so let's put a little pressure on this Devils team and see what they can do, but it's up to the players. I'm tired of just hearing Gallant this, Gallant that, Drury this, Drury that. Players, all of them. I, I Really, I don't think, outside of Shesterkin, I don't know if there's a player on the ice that you can't criticize. They can't give you more so let's see it are we going to go through this again is toronto going to do this again (laughs) they're home they've got a chance to win the series in five sit back watch boston and florida tonight and they lose four to two one one tie early in this one riley gets them off going scores six minutes in building's going nuts and then sorelli ties it and then it kind of just ebbs away from there. And then after Paul scores midway through the third period, you felt like it was over. Even after Matthews scored with three and a half to go, maybe you thought you can pull out a miracle like you did earlier in the series. Didn't happen. So Tampa's alive. They go back down to Tampa for a game six. And with the history the Leafs have, 
Tell me it's not, they're not thinking about that. You know, what does Tampa have to lose? What do they have to prove, right? Two cups, three straight Stanley Cup final appearances. They don't want to go out in the first round, but, you know, they're not going to be embarrassed if it happens, but they're champions and they're not going to go quietly into that good night, but they're certainly not going to feel any pressure in Tampa. All the pressure is going to be on Toronto. And then, God forbid, if they have to go back to Toronto for a game seven, what does that mean? They won in game seven last year in Toronto to advance. Is Toronto going to do it again? And, and listen, I don't want to sit here and spend a lot of time on this podcast killing the the, the officials, but that the, the call on Maroon was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Come on, man. But it didn't mean anything as far as the game was concerned, but still, that was very disappointing. So, Tampa has life, 3-2 series lead for Toronto. We finally have a team out of the playoffs, and it's the Winnipeg Jets. They go quietly into that good night, losing in Vegas by the final score of 4-1, to one, so good on Vegas. After missing the playoffs last year, they regroup. They win the conference. They easily win their first-round series. Despite the fact they blew that three-goal lead on Saturday, they still came back and won the series. But you talk about coaches, they're losing it. To coaches that are upset with their players, listen to Rick Bonus last night after his Winnipeg Jets were eliminated from the playoffs. No questions? Good. <laughs> just uh, overall thoughts on that one. Overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we... So as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players are so much better than ours, it's not even close. It feels like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just out yep. of tonight's game? or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started with, back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top-end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. you got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. <laughs> he was upset. Listen, he's been around for 40 years, all right? He's seen it all, but he's so right. I didn't pick the Winnipeg Jets to win, but I didn't think they'd go out with the whimper. And, and he reminds us that when we go back to the wintertime, February, this was a team that was competing with Colorado, with Minnesota, to win the Central Division. They really were. And then they dropped out of it, and if it wasn't for Calgary spitting the bit down the stretch, they might have missed the playoffs. But they get a reprieve, they get in, and then they're the first to get bounced in five games, and good on Rick. I mean, he's got nothing to lose here. We'll see if he loses his job, but... I, I, I like these coaches pushing back a little bit on these players. You know, the coaches lose jobs because the players don't perform. And there's a lot of times it's because they're not coached well. It's a lot of times because the right buttons aren't being pushed. But sometimes it just comes down to, you know, be be what you're supposed to be. And if you're not getting the performance that you're looking for, you know, and you didn't get what you wanted from Dubois, you didn't get what you wanted from Shifley, now, Morsi did go down in this series. I get it. But there's always going to be injuries. There's always going to be excuses why not to win. But as he put it, it's not just about what happened against Vegas. It's what happened all year. What happened to that team that was competing for first place? And then all of a sudden down the stretch had to settle for literally being the eighth seed in the conference and being the first to get bounced out. So he was he was certainly upset. And we wanted to be able to play that for you. Let's hear from you at Don LaGreca. Hashtag game misconduct. Plenty of people want to talk about the Rangers and the Devils series, including John. How can the Rangers neutralize the Devils' speed on Saturday, or are they simply too old? To get out shot 20-2 in the third period last night is very telling. I think we'd all like to see 
a game seven. I just think they lack confidence. They're not too old. This is not an old team by any stretch. You know, the Devils are younger. You know, but Eric Holla has been around for a long time. He's been the best player in this series, quite frankly, over the last three games outside of Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes didn't beat you. Nico Heeshear didn't beat you. I mean, Mercer scored a shorthanded goal, but, you know, Holla was the star of the game last night. Now, he's not uh, he's not a spring chicken. I mean, so uh, you weren't beaten by the kids. Now, I think the Devils have utilized their speed defensively, and that's been an adjustment that they certainly made, but... No, it was embarrassing getting outshot 19-2 to in the third period. They ended up taking a shot away. So John's not wrong about 20-2 because it was, and then they took a shot away. But still, it's, it's, it's frustrating for sure. Now, how do, I don't know. I, I think it's – Dave Maloney said it during the course of the broadcast because for the most part – and it got out of hand last night with the 42 shots on goal or whatever. But for the most part in the series, the Rangers have really clamped down and have done a decent job. Matter of fact, going into last night, the Devils – we're averaging the least amount of shots per game of any of the 16 playoff teams. So the Rangers were playing well defensively. Maybe show that offensively. I mean, they're showing the dedication and the heart and the soul and all the things that they need to do to shut this Devils team down. Apply it to your offense because that's what it is right now. Right now, it's just got to score a goal. Your, your goaltenders played well. I mean, I, if I would, if I right now were Gerard Glenn, I say, listen, forget about the defense. We've got a goaltender who's going to stop them. Let's outscore them. Let's just go out there and outscore them. We've got the firepower. Let's do it. Devils in the detail says, if Kevin Ball is the biggest unsung hero of the Devils defense this series, for all the talk of the Rangers came into this series with their size, no one seems to have an answer for Ball. Uh, Mercer, excuse me, Meyer, to an extent on size too, but as uh, he's supposed to score. Um, Yeah, Ball's been really, really good. He really has been. You know, for a kid, no playoff experience. I thought he has been terrific. He's thrown his body around. Um, I think I think Meyer has certainly got under the skin of Shesterkin. He ran into him behind the net last night, and there hasn't been as much of a response. I mean, you could kind of see the Devils. Right now, if you look at it, the Devils are vibing. They're playing with tremendous confidence, and the Rangers are playing with none. That's what it really comes down to more than any physicality, is that the, the confidence – when I'm not exactly sure what the turning point was, you know, maybe it was just the Hamilton goal because because Kenny brought this up last night during the broadcast too. I mean, you're in overtime in Game Three, you're a goal away from taking a three nothing series lead and lights out. I mean, that's how close this was. So was it the Hamilton goal where they lost their confidence? Was it something in Game Three that the Devils didn't go quietly? You know, did the Rangers just expect the the Devils to run and hide in Game Three, and they were going to win the game seven to two, and and it'd be done? Was it just as simple as the, the the goaltending change, or the fact that the Devils didn't go away? But one team is playing with all the confidence in the world, and there's another team right now that's not feeling any. Pete Devito says, "Hey Don, does Schmidt's play remind you more of Sean Burke's run in '88 or Brodeur in '94?" Both had more regular season games under their belt and backstopped key runs to the conference finals. Do you think Schmid can do the same? Well, you know, Brodeur had moments and cups of coffee with the Devils. Sean Burke went right through, right after the Olympics to jump in. What was he, like 8-1-1 one, one, the final 10 games of the regular season and then the spectacular run to Game 7 of the conference final in 88? This reminds me a little bit more of Sean Burke than it does Marty Brodeur. Because I, I don't really... Uh, do I know that that um, Akira Schmidt is going to be the next great goaltender, or you know, is it now obviously if they win this series, Schmidt is going to be the starter? But would anybody be surprised at all 
that the Devils win on Saturday, and at some point in the Carolina or Islander series in round two, Schmidt gets pulled and they go back to Vanacek. It really could be that simple. So Sean Burke rode the wave, and he was a really good goaltender in this league. You know, Brodeur obviously became a Hall of Famer. I'm not sure what Schmidt's destination is going to be, although he does play with a lot of poise. And, and another thing, too, Larry Brooks brought this up. Another big goaltender, given the Rangers' trouble. Kind of reminds you Ben Bishop back in 2015, right? Like this guy, this kid's 6'5". He takes up a lot of the net. Now, is that a, a, a bit of a problem there? The uh, Rangers stuff continues here with Chris. If the Rangers lose this series, could you see them moving on from Panarin? Would keep Tarasenko and Kane than him at this point. Well, I don't know what you're going to do with Kane. I mean, I've been disappointed with him. Tarasenko, I think, is a keeper. He's a lot younger. You know, Panarin, it's, I, I don't – listen, there's value to 90-plus points in the regular season, too. I mean, I, and they did have that big goal in the power play in Game 7 last year. I don't think they've got an appetite to do that, although – with the cap situation that they're in, it may take a bold move to free up some space if you really wanted to not strip it down or rebuild, but at least reconfigure this roster. It might take a bold move like that. I'm not sure they would do that. I think Tom's on the same wavelength. Do you think it's possible the Rangers could make a coaching change and possibly move a guy like Panarin uh, if they would be eliminated from the playoffs? I mean, uh, obviously all that has to be on the table because this would be a colossal disappointment. Uh, Jimmy Berger says, have you ever seen momentum flip in a series as dramatically and suddenly as it has in this Rangers-Devils series? It's astonishing to me to go from outscoring an opponent 10-2 to being outscored 9-2. It, it is pretty incredible, the, the flip, for sure. Um, I'm sure there have been other series where this has happened, um, but not as jarring. Uh, really. And I can't even kill the people that thought it was going to end in a sweep. I mean, why wouldn't you think that? 10-2? crazy uh this is an interesting um name for uh, a handle on twitter schmid equals hashik rangers done if the rangers bow out either in game six or seven against the devils is galana goner we've addressed that already joseph says hey don i feel that the media and ranger fans will be talking 94 for the next two days straight seems like an unfair narrative to devil fans what's your opinion on this matter i i've heard it you know, because they were down. Listen, the situation's much different. Rangers, uh, the game six and ninety four. People don't remember it was a back and forth series. Uh, the, the the Devils won game one. Uh, Rangers came back, and I think they slugged. It was like five one five two. Was a pretty significant score in favor of the Rangers to even it at one. So it was not the same scenario. Two losses, two wins uh, for the Devils. It was it was a back and forth series, but the Devils did take games three and four excuse me, four and five, to set up the game six to win the series. The game was at the Meadowlands. This game is at the Garden. So it's, it's, it's similar in the sense that the Rangers are down three games to two, but the venue is different. The path is different. So I really don't see the narrative. And all right, but who is going to be Messier? All right, who, who is going to – that's what I'm curious about because I like Jacob Truba as a captain. I do. But it's his first year as a captain, and and he's kind of been a lead by example guy, and everybody goes back to him throwing a helmet against Chicago and all that. But is, whether it's a guarantee or not, I'm not going to go there. But who is going to who is going to grab this team by the lapels, lift them up, and say, "Let's do this"? Is it is it Truba? Is it Kreider? You know, I don't see Zabanajad or Panarin being those types of players. Um, Gallant does, seems to be a little bit hands-off when it comes to things like that. I think it's got to be about the players anyway. 
who is going to lead this team? And this, see, captaincy. I don't want to say it's fugazi. I think it's the most. I think it's more important in hockey than any other sport. But in the day in day out, it it it, it serves its purpose. But as far as being a captain, being a leader, these are the moments where it really shows. You know, today, going into the game tomorrow, who is going to be that guy to step up and send the message, either in their play or in the room, between periods, during practice today? Who is going to be that guy? If they come back and win this series, who is going to tell the story of, you know, the, the, the kicked over a garbage can? You heard that when the Devils came back from 3-1 down against Philadelphia in 2000. When Larry Robinson, who's usually very reserved and doesn't spend a lot of time, you know, ripping into his players or anything, kicked over a garbage can. And then we found out that that was like a turning point in that series. And of course, the Messier guarantee in 94. Well, Truba did last year, right, Don? Yeah. So is he going to do it again? Look, I mean, Gaudreau tried to instill something with that fight, and the Rangers proceeded to give up a shorthanded goal. Um, I heard everything you said. I just didn't have the heart to turn on the microphone. Well, no, I can know how you feel. but It you, was you very bring, deflating. You bring up a good point. So much happened in that fight. Now, nothing really happened in the fight, per se. Nobody won the fight. There weren't a lot of punches thrown. But during that fight, Severson takes the unsportsmanlike. You come out with a power play, and then you give up the shorthanded goal. So they got nothing out of that, for sure. Uh, Donnell says, hey, Don, so the Islanders win a gutsy, uh, tight game against the Hurricanes on Tuesday to keep their season alive for another day, but their power play is god-awful and needs to be fixed in the offseason. Do you think they need a new coach since uh, Lambert is not the guy? I don't know if Lambert's not the guy. If they they win the next uh, couple of games, then does he become the guy again? That was a gutsy win for the Islanders, for sure. Didn't score on the power play, but more importantly, didn't allow a power play goal. Carolina, I think, was 0 for 3, so didn't give up a ton of power play opportunities and didn't didn't, uh, give up a power play goal. They won the game. Now a Carolina team that has struggled on the road in the postseason has got to play at UBS tonight. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And if Carolina's got to go back home for a Game 7 after what happened against the Rangers last year, that is going to be firmly in their head. David says, watching the Kraken Avs series has me thinking Colorado didn't expect the kind of fight that they've been getting in this series and that they're letting their frustration rise from a car's hit to McKinnon's tantrum on the non-call fair assessment that that was a trip i mean i could i can't rip him for being upset about that for sure and then they give up the goal right off that um listen stick out your check to anthony uh, you deserve it the kraken have been amazing in this series they have outplayed colorado really in every way shape or form grubauer has been good when he's needed to be um really it has not been a fluke uh, this has not been you know one team taking advantage of special teams it's been a mano a mano five games and seattle deserves it now we'll see um there's going to be a, a certain level of expectation uh in that game tonight in seattle that building's going to be up for grabs so we'll see if they can handle that so i don't think colorado's done by a long shot no but not still, over you yet gotta, but you got to feel good for you to be able to predict to be the only one out there to predict seattle to win and have them in with, six with two shots and in six so you might be right about that but still two shots to be right Good job by you. So since we kind of opened up the door, first game tonight, Hurricanes and the Islanders, we talked about that. Bruins, I mean, who, what did they lose, five games in, in uh, at home all year, and they've lost already two to Florida. Opportunity awaits itself now for the Panthers. 
They've got their the first ever Game 6 in that building is going to be coming up. Um, they've played in Game 6s, obviously, before, but the first time there'll be a Game 6 in that new building. So we'll see if they can force a Game 7 and what kind of pressure would be on the Bees after winning the President's Trophy and breaking all those regular season records if they've got to play in a Game 7 in the first round. So that's going to be a big game. That's at 7.30. At 9.30, Dallas can finish off Minnesota. Um, that should be fun. That's been a good back-and-forth series. And we talked about the Kraken and the Avalanche. That's a 10 o'clock start. So uh, Seattle has done uh, a very good job in this series, and that would be pretty awesome. Sets up Saturday with the 7 o'clock Leafs Lightning, 8 o'clock Devils Rangers, and then at 10 o'clock the Oilers and the Kings with the Oilers having a chance to finish off that series. It's been a while since we've seen a game, right, in that series. You've got to go back to, to, to Tuesday. So um, Tuesday, so off days on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So a good three days off for the Oilers and the Kings. So we'll see if the Kings can make the adjustments there at home to force that. And then Sunday, if there's a game, because think about what Sunday could be. I mean, you could you could possibly have four Game sevens, right? Islanders, Hurricanes, Kraken, Avalanche, Wild Stars, Panthers, Bruins. We're not going to get four, okay? That's not going to happen. If we get two, I think I'd be very, very happy. What two are we getting? Well, I picked the Islanders in seven, so I'll stick with that. Um, I think we're going to see a game seven in Colorado, and that's it. I think Dallas finishes off Minnesota tonight. I think the Bruins finish off the Panthers tonight. So I think we'll have two Islanders, Hurricanes, the early game, Kraken, and the Avalanche will be the late game. What do you think of that? I'll flip it. I'll say uh, I'll say Dallas and Minnesota go seven because it would just be awesome to be completely right about the Kraken series. Yes, but you're probably will. right. There will be a game seven in that series. Now, we're going to reconvene on Monday with EJ. <sighs> There's possibly three Game 7s on Monday. Rangers-Devils, Kings-Oilers, Lightning-Leafs. Do we have any of those Game 7s on Monday, and if so, how many? Would you like to hear uh, the Rangers' lines today at practice? Oh, yeah, let's hear that. Kreider, uh, Zibanejad, Tarasenko, Loft, Trocek, Kane, Panarin, Hedl, Kako, VC, Goudreau, Mott. Hey, you got to do whatever you got to do. I hate breaking up the kid line because you can make the case they've been the best line in this series. But you got to do what you got to do. I mean, and, you got to have somebody that can bring the puck in, right? And yeah. it seems like that line has been the only one. Maybe it's because who they're up against. The only one that seems to be able to generate any offensive pressure. So if Hedl can get Panarin and Kako into the zone, maybe they will generate something. Trocek's well, a pretty big guy. Laffle throws body around. I give Gallant credit. You know, when he usually changes these lines up, it didn't work last night. I don't think anything was going to work last night. There usually is an immediate impact. I think that's what he's looking for. A little bit of a spark. Just get a win. You know, don't even worry about Game 7. It's not, it's not, shouldn't be on anybody's mind. It's all about Game 6. Just get a win. Just There's get. an argument to be made, Don, that Igor Shosturkin had the best shot on goal yesterday for the New York <laughs> well, That's a bit of an exaggeration, but he did have a shot on goal. Um, but, but to answer that, your original question... Uh, I don't think we see any game sevens. No, on Monday. no, no. We're we're gonna see Leafs Lightning. I, that's a lock to yeah? me. Yeah, they're going. <laughs> it's seven. just that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> they're going. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't say none. We're gonna we're gonna be a major topic of conversation. The entire recapping of the weekend and previewing a game seven in Toronto for a second consecutive year. Leafs and the Lightning. And believe me. Toronto's going to put their fans through it again. I'm not saying they're not going to win. 
But I'm saying that they're going to go right. They're going to push you right up against it to make you think they might not. But uh, this I think is a Edmonton's lot of fun. figured it out too, Don. By the way, yes, I think they 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 did as well. So um, I, and and something tells me there's still going to be a game seven Rangers Devils too. I, the Rangers just have to respond. They just this would be just a colossal disappointment. And then let's not we didn't even bring this up. I'm going to be a wreck. That'd be two straight series losses because you go back to the conference final last year in which they had a 2 nothing series lead and lost four straight. You know, Do you really want that on your ledger, back-to-back playoff eliminations in that fashion? Now, you live with it in the conference final because it was Tampa, right? And maybe this, maybe this Devils team becomes the, the, the NHL's version of the New England Patriots, right? And then, then, then they go on another dynasty run for them that makes, makes it easier to swallow. But how devastating... Think about crippling would be for Ranger fans, and I'm not trying to rub salt in your wounds. Dan okay? already did that today, so we're good. Right, but just imagine if you lose this series, the Islanders come back and win. You've got to watch the Islanders and the Devils play each other in the second round, and then, I don't know, what would hurt worse? The Islanders, like, sweeping the Devils? And you'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe we couldn't beat the Devils and the Islanders swept them? Or the Devils to, to sweep the Islanders and you go, my God, if we had just beaten the Devils, we would have beaten up on the Islanders and play in the conference final again. Either, either one's going to sting, and just seeing those two teams play each other would sting. That would be the worst case scenario. So I'm sure you're rooting hard for Carolina if uh, if the Rangers were to lose. So... All right, thanks to Anthony Pusick. We'll be back again on Monday. Hook up with EJ Raddick. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.